This is reporter Jillian Farmer, and today on New Project Media's Interconnections podcast, we have Matthew Cozy, the Director of Community Scale Markets at Cypress Creek Renewables, a privately held solar and solar and storage developer. He is an attorney by training with over a decade of experience at the intersections of the energy business and public policy, including over six years at a utility as well as direct lobbying for solar energy policy priorities in state houses and at state commissions. So thank you, Matt, for joining us today to talk about uh, California's uh, Assembly Bill 2316. Uh, We're excited to have you on. Thanks. Excited to be here. And so what can you tell us about AB 2316? What does this bill do? Yeah, thanks, Jillian. Um, So Assembly Bill 2316 directs the California Public Utilities Commission to create a community solar program. Um, And this is big news for California. Um, For those who don't know, community solar refers to uh, solar uh, PV projects uh, that are that are shared by multiple people um, or subscribers uh, who receive a credit on their electricity bill, which is uh, sized to match their consumption. Um, which is the amount of their subscription. So subscribers can be people like uh, people who are renters or don't have the the available roof space to put on solar on their home, nonprofit groups uh, and and businesses. So it's a really it's a really great option for a lot of people um, who want to save money on their bills. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say about a third of states in the U.S. Um, have enabling policies uh, for community solar, um, and, a, and a couple of other states are currently considering uh, adoption of legislation or regs, uh, regulations to implement a community solar program. So we're very pleased to see California take this step. Thank you. And how is this community solar bill different from others that we have seen in the U.S. so far? That's a great question. This community solar bill is different from others in the United States in a few important ways. First, this bill is committed to serving low-income customers um, on a scale that we haven't seen in any other community solar program across the country. Um, Assembly Bill 2316 requires that more than half, 51% of the capacity from any community solar program goes to low-income customers. So every single community solar facility that's built in California half or more of those electrons will go and bill savings will go to low-income customers. The second way in which this bill differs uh, from the others around the country is its de facto requirement that storage be paired with the community solar facility. Uh, This gets into the nitty-gritty detail of how these facilities' benefits to the grid are calculated um, and therefore how bill credits uh, are tallied up. Um, but it's it's a game changer for distribution sited uh, storage deployment. And this is this has been more the case uh, lately, um, but not so much in earlier iterations of community solar policy around the country. Um, but Assembly Bill 2316 also requires prevailing wage uh, be paid to workers on these projects. And that's a really important um, requirement here as you know, we're we trying to build a, a clean economy that's not just uh, good for some workers, but sustains families as well as provides value for customers into the grid. That's exciting. Um, and so given the amount of players building utility scale solar in California, do you do you envision them being the next generation developers for community solar in the state, particularly those who already had 
successful bids into RFPs run by CCAs? Well, I, I can't speak for other developers necessarily, but at Cypress Creek Renewables, we've long looked at California as a huge potential uh, market for solar, uh, excuse me, community solar and storage deployment. Um, and I think with the right certainty in in the the market, meaning the the right contract length term, the right tariff design, um, I think with those elements in place, you'll see many well-run, experienced solar developers and market participants uh, really eager to compete uh, to develop projects and provide savings uh, to the grid and to customers. Thank you. And can you tell me about other jurisdictional bodies like cities and tribes playing an active role in community solar and how they differ from the role of uh, CCAs? Yeah, so we're we're eager to partner with with local municipalities, with tribal nations as well. They're they're key partners here in in deploying uh, these resources. Um, I'll, I'll say that CCA programs allow local government to procure power on behalf of their residents and businesses, uh, as your listeners know. So they don't get power from the utility at that point. Um, they rely on the utility for transmission and distribution service. Um, on the other hand, subscribers to community solar projects, uh, they remain customers of their local utility and they voluntarily participate uh, in the program to achieve the savings on their bill. Um, so with this dynamic, you can see a future, and we're already seeing this around the country, where localities with, say, uh, low-income housing authorities um, or potentially school systems or other larger entities that want to reap the benefits of lower electric bills, without executing a power purchase agreement or without opting into a CCA, this is another path for them uh, to take um, by subscribing to some of the output from the community solar facility to save money on their bill. Um, and the, the, the important thing to remember for community solar is that everything is voluntary for the customer. Uh, developers like Cypress Creek, we put our capital at risk and our, and our people work to find sites to zone and permit projects. Um, and then we go out and, and are on, on the hook for signing up customers to, to save their money on their bills. So that voluntary nature of it is really important. And circling back uh, just a little bit, why are we seeing storage as a requirement for this bill? And what does this mean for community solar projects? Uh, and, and do we know how developers are viewing this requirement also? It's a great question. And we're really excited about the storage aspect of the program that, that will result from the CPUC implementing the, the requirements of AB 2316. So uh, as I mentioned before, this gets into the nitty gritty detail of uh, valuing the facilities uh, contribution to the grid, but I'll dive right in. Um, so this is this is a game changer really for, for distribution system sited storage uh, associated with, uh, with solar. Um, so by using a tool called the avoided cost calculator, um, the, the commission can provide a time of day specific price signal to a community solar facility. So as you know, there are certain times of day on certain days of the year when we know the grid is going to be taxed um, based on where the system, uh, where on the system, these community solar facilities are, are interconnected and they're interconnected on the distribution side, which is closer to load. Um, so you take strain off of substations, you take strain off of distribution wires, you take strain off of the transmission system because you have less central station generation that you have to deliver to load. Because of all of that, um, if those facilities can guarantee that they will be available and or produce at given times, they are enormously important in avoiding potential grid shutoffs um, like 
Kaiso uh, thankfully avoided very recently in California um, due to extreme heat, which we think as anyone as anyone thinks really right now is going to be just more prevalent um, going forward, um, unfortunately. Um, so to guarantee that that facility can perform at that time, um, the CPUC is going to design a tariff that sends those price signals to community solar facilities with storage. Um, that is that is how we're going to be able to access um, the the value of performing at those given times. Um, and so that's why we're seeing storage as, as essential with any project that we deploy. So at Cypress Creek, we're, we're planning to, to pair storage with all of our community solar facilities that we that we are going to deploy in California. It's really exciting for us. Excellent. And uh, going forward, will Cypress Creek Renewables be involved in the stakeholder meetings to build the new community solar program in California? And do we know when these meetings will begin? Yes, Cypress Creek will be involved in the stakeholder process uh, at the CPUC. I'm excited to be involved. I love a good regulatory proceeding. Um, we have we have filed a motion for party status, uh, which is which is step one. Um, and we look forward to, to meeting and conferring uh, with the other parties. That's utilities, that's trade groups, uh, that's developers. And that's a lot of the advocacy groups that really help this bill get over the finish line uh, in Sacramento and, and without whom we would not have a community solar program. Um, so that's TURN, um, one of the trade groups, the Coalition for Community Solar Access, uh, Vote Solar, SIA, uh, Solar Energy Industries Association. Um, there are many, many uh, folks who had a hand in this success. Um, and I can tell you for timing, um, the, the bill directs CPUC to evaluate existing programs that may accomplish some of the, uh, but not all of the aims of, of this uh, community solar program as envisioned by 2316. And that analysis uh, per the bill is to be completed by March of 2024, uh, with a final community solar program to be established by July 1 of 2024. Um, now, that may seem like a long time from now, uh, but discussions on assessment of existing programs and new program design are going to begin in the next few weeks with the, the initial procedural schedule having uh, laid out a, a filing date of December 2nd for initial proposals and then a workshop in mid-December to discuss those. So we're getting right to it. Uh, there's a lot of technical detail to go through, um, and we really look forward to partnering with CPUC staff on, on moving this along in a, in a uh, an effective manner. And uh, one quick question uh, following up with the timeline. Uh, do we know when Governor Newsom will be signing the bill? Does he have uh, a deadline for that as well? Yes, Governor Newsom has signed the bill. Uh, he uh, had it until September 30th, but he did not wait. And we appreciate his signature. Um, I think he, he signed it with um, a couple of other energy and climate related bills recently. So um, Governor Newsom's leadership has been absolutely essential in this process, uh, including his uh, identification of, of $1 billion potentially uh, that the California Energy Commission will uh, have a stakeholder process to decide on how to deploy to help clean, renewable uh, energy infrastructure be built and, uh, and put on the system uh, in California. Um, I think community solar with storage is all of those things. It's clean, it's renewable, and it's it's certainly energy infrastructure that we, we want to see deployed. And we look forward to engaging in that process at CEC. Excellent. And uh, what is Cypress Creek's hope for this program? Is there a preferred way for projects to be considered, maybe through an RFP or a first come, first serve? In looking around the country, one of the most successful community solar deployments to date has been in New York State. Um, and that market offers some key uh, lessons learned for effective market design. 
Um, namely for us, that's a walk-up market. So that is uh, a place where you do not have to respond to an RFP in order to get capacity on the system. Um, the risk is placed on the developer to go out and find sites uh, to zone and permit projects. Um, and with predictable contract terms and a, and a, and a known bill credit rate, um, that provides the developer the flexibility to, to go out and do what we do best, which is to put our, our people to work to find these sites and get programs on the system or projects on the system, excuse me. Um, and so that might sound like a lot of self-serving developer talk, <clears throat> but there are big shortfalls in uh, available capacity that Kaiso is predicting in the next couple of years. Um, and we want to get as much of this solar and storage paired infrastructure onto the system as quickly as, as we can so we can contribute the, those reliability benefits uh, that we're talking about and that are going to be identified by the avoided cost calculator. So in, in short, there are other structures that have been deployed elsewhere uh, in terms of market design, but a walk-up market with a clear tariff value, that's that, that lets folks build projects um, sign up the most customers because that is what lets customers save money. Um, we don't want there to be an artificial limit on the amount of people in California who would save money on their bill. Um, so I, I think we should let we should let folks appetite for savings, and then uh, the impact we'll have on grid reliability uh, drive what this market looks like. Thank you. And uh, kind of going back to how the projects are going to potentially be valued, you mentioned the commission's avoidant cost calculator. Uh, can you talk a little more about that? And um, is there a model for this in other state programs? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Assembly Bill 2316 states that compensation for projects should be, quote, based on the avoided costs of the program's facilities as determined by the commission's methods for calculating the full set of benefits of distributed energy resources. Um, so the, the methodology presented by the CPUC to, to calculate the full set of benefits of distributed energy resources is probably the avoided cost calculator um, as a basis. Um, there are some tweaks that can be made. We can consider wholesale energy as, as one of the price inputs. Um, but essentially, the key component, the secret sauce of the avoided cost calculator is that they are identifying value for different hours of the day, different days of the year. And we think it is a great start and we are excited to build on it. I think there are places where we could see maybe more accurate values. For, for instance, the, the avoided cost of GHG emissions is, is something we could see improved upon, perhaps. But in general... Um, basing the tariff and bill credit calculations for community solar facilities on avoided cost calculator generated values is a very solid foundation of accurate time-based data uh, and with the right contract term. So that's the length of time that the facility would receive its bill credit rate and that the customer would receive their savings. With the contract term of like 20 or 25 years, which is industry standard across, across different markets um, and an ACC-based tariff, um, this will be a nationally leading tariff design for price signals for the community solar and storage paired facilities. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, and in, a, in the interview, you gave a new project media about this story that we did on AB 2316. You mentioned other factors that might move the process forward faster for this program. Can you talk about uh, some of those factors, like the funding opportunities from the U.S. Department of Energy for states with these programs already? 
So the U U.S. Department of Energy currently has $7 billion in competitive grant funding that they plan to make available to states that offer community solar programs. And so with the passage and, and signature from Governor Newsom uh, on Assembly Bill 2316, California will join New York and Illinois and a couple of other states as potential recipients for these funds, um, which could be used for multiple purposes, uh, including connecting potential subscribers with community solar facilities that they can sign up for. So that's a big, big uh, uh, issue in terms of trying to connect customers with this product. Um, lots of people don't necessarily think about energy all that much until they get a text from Kaiso that says you got to turn everything off or there's going to be a, a, a safety related shutdown of the grid. Um, so getting people aware of the existence of community solar facilities is one of the uses for these funds and getting getting people signed up sooner. This means more people saving money earlier and it means a more reliable grid. Uh, and those two things, I think, are, are going to be a compelling case uh, if and when California wants to uh, compete for those those grant funds from DOE. Um, I'll also say that the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, federal legislation, which was just signed into law, provides the, the longest runway uh, of certainty on tax treatment for renewables development, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that we have ever seen in the industry. Um, but it's it's really much more than that. This is a reshaping of what the, the United States thinks the renewables deployment should be. Um, and it's really exciting. So this legislation lays the foundation for revitalized domestic manufacturing um, by incentivizing projects made with 100% US made steel and iron, uh, as well as domestically manufa uh, manufactured uh, panels and other components. Um, we're proud to be members of the, the Solar Buyers Consortium, where we're committing with some other solar developers to, to source domestically manufactured products for our projects. Really exciting. Um, it also lays the foundation for this deployment of renewable assets to focus on environmental justice um, by further incentivizing locating not just traditional dirty energy facilities in and around disadvantaged communities or low-income communities, but by citing clean energy facilities um, in or around uh, low-income or economically disadvantaged communities. It's a really exciting time uh, to be working in this space um, across the country, but specifically in California. The, the passage of Assembly Bill 2316 <clears throat> is extraordinarily timely given these developments. It is exciting. Um, and Matt, those are all of my questions. Is there anything you would like to add about Assembly Bill 2316? Um, I would just be remiss if I didn't say there were a tremendous, uh, there's a tremendous amount of people that made Assembly Bill 2316 what it was <clears throat> and that got it over the finish line. Um, so that's ratepayer advocates, that's environmental justice advocates, uh, that's groups like TURN, that's the Coalition for Community Solar Access, uh, organized labor, IBEW and others uh, that lended their 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 voice in support of this bill. Um, it, it is a great uh great step forward uh, and we're excited as a california-based company uh, to have this path before us to develop projects uh, in california thank you and thank you again for joining us uh, for the podcast and uh, to our listeners thank you for uh, listening again to interconnections uh, podcast